0: Welcome back to the Art Roundup podcast. Thank you so much for giving me some time off for university. I'm now back with a whole different format um, just to pepper into your day. Um, I'm calling it Fireside Conversations. The first one I will be having is with my older sister, the lovely Annabelle Vickers. You'll be introduced to her in just a second. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back. So I'm here, like I said, with my sister. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, I'm Zara's sister Annabelle. Um,
1: What else should I say about myself? What do you do? I um, work for a pyjama company, which is lots of fun. And for them I do all sorts of things, but my main favourite thing that I do for them is that I produce a brand magazine called The Sunday Paper. and that entails sort of interviewing people and writing and basically creating this lovely newspaper that you can read on Sunday mornings.
0: I'm excited to be here slash how nervous are you because I gave you about 20 minutes notice.
1: I mean, I'm not nervous. I'm very happy that you wanted to include me, but I just don't know what you're gonna ask me yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my first question to you is what do you like most about art, and why do you like that?
1: So I think that's quite a big, broad question because there's lots and lots of things that I like about art. um I like it for its aesthetic appeal, like I love that it's so beautiful, and like you can walk you can go to any gallery around the world or see a piece of art and feel so happy because it's just so beautiful, like I love the beauty of art, but then I also think that that's just the surface of why I like art. I also love that it's a, it's a mode of expression, it's a, a way that people can tell stories from their um, their lives and their backgrounds, and I love that looking at art you can understand so much more about a culture than you might do from, say, you know, just reading about it or just visiting the country. Like you just, from looking at a painting from a certain era or a certain, um, you know, country, you can just learn so much about that people's perspective does that make sense yeah it does make sense um so i love i love that about it and i also love that um so art that is made with the purpose of uh, like activism art as acti- activism i think is a really po- important use of art but i it's not necessarily my favorite to look at i find it really interesting and it's so great to read about But for aesthetic reasons probably not the most beautiful sometimes. Yeah exactly. I mean sometimes I guess maybe sometimes it can be but like for example Ai Weiwei is not my favourite artist Mm -hmm. to look at for fun but I think the points that he makes about you know migration and like all of these he he basically you know um, deals with really important subject matter in his artwork so I think that's a really um, important like thing that art does but I think in terms of what what my favorite thing about art is, it's probably the way that it tells stories and the way that it gives people perspective on things that they wouldn't necessarily know about.
0: Great answer. So following on from that, very good answer. Do you have like a favorite piece, a favorite movement, or, like a, a favourite country where art is produced? Because you know, there's obviously lots of differences between you know, art that's made in England, where we are, and, for example, in South America, uh, or to mention your other example, Ai Weiwei, very different. Um, yeah, tell, us, tell um, us all. So I
1: think it also really just depends on my mood, what I like, because I, I, I love so many different um, artists, but to sort of start off with, I think it would be worth mentioning that when I was at uni, I, I studied film, and one of my favorite ever modules that i did was on surrealism and the re- i just loved it so much it was Remember so you
0: mentioning it a lot
1: oh my gosh i talked about it all the time because it was just so interesting to find out about this movement of like pushing boundaries and like just making people look at things in a very different way and anyway it was really Interesting to not only just look at the art but also look at the history of that movement and where it came from and how it started with like Andre Breton and there was all of these artists doing different things and like I just loved the whole story of the surrealist movement so that's the reason why I like the surreal- I like surrealism but then I also love um pre Raphaelite um pre Raphaelite yeah yeah pre Raphaelite mm-hmm. I always want no, to say pre Raphaelite no well that's it's because it, that's
0: how it's spelled but it for some reason, light. yeah.
1: I just think those paintings are so beautiful, and there's actually like
0: the, the like really pale with like oh god, cheeks.
1: Yeah, it's just that those are the ones that I just love to look at. You know, mm. I just for love aesthetic reasons. Them. Yeah.
0: Whereas you know some other stuff you'd prefer to look at for yeah um, sort of contextual reasons or historical reasons like kind of
1: surrealism totally contextual. I love the story behind, mm. and I, with surrealism, I love how the female surrealists sort of busted through the men they were like we're not just gonna be your muses we're not gonna be these pretty faces that inspires your art we're gonna do our own thing and Mm -hmm. we're gonna write all this poetry and push all these boundaries and Mm -hmm. I love that I like I love the stories around that whereas with pre-raphaelite yeah you got it I just love the colors and I love the dresses that these women are wearing and like in Ophelia like the 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 plants that surround her and like the boat that she's just all of it I just I just so I love that um, but then I also love Basquiat. Mm-hmm. I love Picasso. I love Matisse. I went to a Francis Bacon exhibition in Paris last oh, weekend. Oh, friggin'
0: love Francis Bacon!
1: And I, it, it's the, the the thing is with Francis Bacon is that co- the colors he uses are just so beautiful, but the, the like the actual contents of the painting are quite gruesome. So well,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, for example, he doesn't actually have that much formal training. He never went to art school. He kind of learned a lot of it on his own. Mm. Um and so I think it was easier for people seeing it who hadn't had an art background to understand what he was trying to say because yeah. it was kind of so rudimentary and like visceral rudimentary is
1: a good very visceral yeah. but I think with Francis Bacon especially so this exhibition at the it was at the Pompidou um it was great um but I actually prefer when he is shown with other painters so I saw this great exhibition with him at the Aarhus Museum of Contemporary Art and yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, we went to this exhibition there and it was just so well done. And it, he was um, shown a- alongside Lucian Freud and I think it was Egon Scheel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Well,
0: that sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Um, and so it just worked really well as like a group exhibition where mm. he's on, when he's on his own, it's quite harrowing. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, in terms of Francis Bacon's history, I don't know if you've, done that much research into like who he is as a person no not really he was um born in ireland he always knew he was gay his parents were not particularly you know enthralled by that yeah um he was beaten and abused quite badly and then he moved away and he moved to london and he was quite poor and he was an alcoholic but he was also the life of a party Mm -hmm. um and he was also into sadomasochism and that kind of stuff oh nice um and he the the works that he produced were quite opposite to what he sort of portrayed to people in his own mm. image so when people saw this like he literally bought carcasses and did studies on carcasses like Jeez. just to draw like raw meat and stuff
1: yeah so, you can really see that in his paintings you yeah. like that this he has these i actually took little close-up photos of these paintings because like the, the colors that he uses are so beautiful but you can really just see these awful ripped apart bodies and the bones and everything anyway really interesting to look at um and then what else do I like I love aboriginal art
0: Mm, me too
1: um I think that it just as I said before like it tells so many stories and especially with aboriginal culture I mean the voices of aboriginals have been ignored for so many years and I think Mm. just to to appreciate their art and listen to their stories, it's a really important thing to do as, as an Australian, but also, as someone who is Australian by colonization. Like I think mm-hmm. it's important to sort of, um, pay attention to, yeah. and respect those, those sort of stories. Um, yeah. What else do I like? I like you all tell sorts. me. I you know, a bit a bit of everything to be honest. Yeah. although not not fussy no i'm not too fussy but i'm not sometimes contemporary art can throw me a little bit
0: it throws a lot of people because it's heavily contextual yeah and sometimes in a gallery space or um in uh, wherever it's being presented there is they don't provide enough context to understand how it works
1: yeah but i also think with that is that sometimes you just want to look at a beautiful you want to look at a piece of art mm. and understand it from looking at it. You don't want to have to see a ball on the floor with a you know there's a there's a room yeah. in the Tate Modern where there's like what's it called? It's called like a goat a goat on a mountain or something. There's this huge piece of metal and then these blobs of mud on the floor and it's been there for years and I just hate it every time I look <laughs> at it.
0: I just hate it. I yeah. anyway. I I mean that's your right, but like There's a huge debate within art history academia and like scholarship whether or not art should have context, and if the context is too extensive that you don't even understand what you're looking at, is it really art or is it context with an art, or or is it a story with an art context? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're not the only one to be confused.
1: Um, But yeah, I think that gives a good sum up.
0: Yeah. Great! <laughs> well, that was a great segment. So, moving on from favourite art movement or artist or era, whatever, is there a place that you've been, like an institution or a gallery or a sculpture park, that is your favourite place? And if you don't have a favourite place, what's a sort of a great exhibition that you've been to? Okay, so... I think for this one it
1: really it sort of depends on what you're what you're after because some days I want to see an exhibition that's informative and then other days I want to see an exhibition that's you know just got beautiful paintings or sculptures or whatever but I think in terms of accessibility I love the Tate, mm-hmm. Tate Modern and Tate Britain, Tates and Ives, they're all just such fantastic institutions where you know the, la- the vast majority of the the exhibitions that they show are free Um, And for young people, you can get into the paying ones for like £5. So it's Mm -hmm. just in terms of accessibility, I love um, the Tate Museums. And also their collections are just incredible. And they put on really great seasonal exhibitions. Like their Giacometti exhibition a little while ago was incredible. Their Picasso year, it was like 1936 or something. Anyway, that was amazing. Like a retrospective kind of thing. Yeah, a retrospective. And they also did one on... Dorothy Tanning recently, which was great. I just think that they do such a good job. And then Tate Britain, I mean, it's just such a joy to walk around, especially for someone who loves uh, Pre-Raphaelite paintings. Um, Woo-hoo! And then in terms of a place that I absolutely love, um, the Barbara Hepworth Sculpture Garden
0: Yeah.
1: in St. Ives in is St. just is great. the most beautiful place. I, I mean, I guess we sort of lucked out the day that we went because it was such beautiful sunshine. But the garden is just full of her amazing sculptures and i think why i'm so fond of barbara hepworth is because outside um the building where i had most of my lessons at uni um it's called queen's queen's building at ex uni um there was a barbara hepworth sculpture and i could just see it from wherever Mm. i was sitting in the building and i just loved that familiarity that i developed with that particular sculpture it just looked so beautiful with the trees behind it um so i love the
0: an example of something that's beautiful without context.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can just Oh my god. I just think she's incredible. Um and then where else do I love? I also love um the NGA in Canberra. I
0: was just about to th- I was just about to
1: ask you. I think that I mean I'm probably most fond of it because it's in a no city that I love so much, but I also really love that it's got such an extensive Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art department, yeah. like section. Um that's permanent
0: it's not a moving moving exhibition
1: and then I also think that they've got a great range of European artists as well which is fantastic but then also around the building there's all these great sculptures again I just love a a good sculpture don't
0: they have a sculpture walk somewhere around the gardens and if not I'm maybe just making that up and for those who don't know what the NGA is if you're European or just haven't heard of it the NGA is the National Gallery of Australia it's in our hometown of Canberra in Australia and it's one hundred. Would recommend.
1: Yeah, it's great. Um what else do I love? I think the Aarhus Museum. Yeah. I think it's Museum of Modern and Contemporary Art. Mm-hmm. But it's got that big rainbow at the top, the rainbow that you can walk through. It's, I've never been there so I don't know. Uh, but... I, it's it's been like on so social media and things. But anyway, <laughs> um that's a great spot. Yeah. And what else do I love? Paris. In Paris there's mm-hmm. some great um museums obviously mm. everyone knows that that's no surprise but um I thought that the Musée d'Orsay is incredible it's just across the river from the Louvre and sometimes the Louvre is just a bit, a bit too much because too massive long and, but the Musée d'Orsay just again it has beautiful sculptures and it has amazing paintings and a huge range of artists and they do great um they do great temporary exi- exhibitions I saw um when I was living there I did I went to what was his name um the Douanier Rousseau mm-hmm. and there's just all his beautiful paintings of the jungle and everything and he was French but he had never ever and he'd never been to the jungle but he does all of these paintings of like tigers and monkeys and oh my
0: gosh it's just incredible are they actually good paintings oh they're of tigers so- and monkeys because there's there's a really funny precedent in art history that um they uh, you know specifically in biblical illuminations and things where they draw lions and tigers and stuff with like weird ass faces when
1: i was in japan last month we'd go to these temples and there'd be um paintings of elephants by artists who had never seen elephants so they didn't really look like elephants they just looked like these creatures that somebody who had had an elephant described to them
0: yeah, quite like, badly. Like a cartoonist had heard the description of an elephant and then kind of drew it without. Exactly.
1: Context. No, but the Duenas Holso is really mm. amazing and the colours are incredible.
0: Well, um, that, I, I'm I'm assuming that time when when was he alive? Do you know? Oh,
1: I can't remember. Probably
0: tw- 1800s. Oh, j- maybe. Well, beastie areas were quite common then, so they would have had a reference uh, from people who'd actually seen them and drawn them. Ah, uh, so, yes, maybe. Yeah,
1: but um, anyway, that was great. And then also, um, the V&A does amazing amazing uh exhibitions on fashion and there's one on a car- on cars at the moment which looks amazing but the most incredible exhibition that i think i've probably ever seen was um in the summertime and it was on food it was called food bigger than the plate and i'm actually just obsessed with um food sustainability and um and food in general and like how to manage food waste and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And this exhibition just did such an amazing comprehensive job of tracking how the food process, so it started with composting and then went on to farming, transport and consumption. And for some reason the composting part I just thought was absolutely incredible. It showed well, all The composting of... is so fun though. Well, so I completely I mean I wouldn't that. say that it's fun, but it is definitely <laughs> very interesting, but I just thought all of the ways that these amazing um, people are finding ways to use design to either create energy from waste or create new materials from waste. So, like there are people using um, uh, pineapple fibers to make clothing fiber, or people are using coffee grounds to make new plastics like bioplastics. Um, and then there's this amazing man in in Mexico who is basically reviving the corn population which has been so depleted by western corn, like people are so obsessed with yellow corn, so when the bio- when originally it was
0: purple well it's not
1: it's not that it was originally purple, it's just that there are so many there's such a diverse range of corns, and so he's at this at one time he's like encouraging biodiversity in the corn industry which is (laughs) not something you really
0: consider when you go to an art gallery and yet um, no but then he's
1: so that for one it's great for food it's great for you know if any diseases come onto the land then you know not all the corns are going to be You know, killed. But then also, with the husks of these corns, he takes the husks and these women from the community, basically gives jobs to women in the community, and they make these beautiful tiles of all these different colours out of the husks of the corn. Mm. Um, so it's basically like making these amazing tiles, providing food for the community, providing jobs for the women in the community, and it's just... Um, creating
0: trade, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, creating
1: trade, and it's just incredible. So that exhibition, I thought, was extremely inspiring, but mm. also... I went to the um, what's her name? What's her name? The one who invented the mini skirts, Mary Quant. Mary Quant, of course. Sorry, her name slipped from my mind for a second there. But, um, I thought I think just the way that she um democratized fashion for the masses mm. in the sixties is just amazing. I mean, it's not so great now that everything's mass produced and it's caused a huge issue for the environment, but. At the time, what she wanted to do was such a noble act. She didn't want people it to... It was revolutionary. It was revolutionary, and the, the fact that she was getting these normal girls into clothing that they wanted to be wearing that made them feel good, I just think it's pretty cool, really. Mm. So, yeah, V&A is, is amazing.
0: Oh, and, um, and where's somewhere that you've never been that you really want to try and go to? Well, I've never been to New York. But we're going there. I know
1: we are going, which is great. But I... So I've never been, so I'm desperate to go to... MoMA, I'm desperate to go to the Met, Whitney, mm. all of those New York, mm. big New York museums I think would be amazing.
0: Is there anywhere in London you haven't gone? Um That you want to go to? Oh, another
1: place that I love is the Barbican.
0: Oh, I love the Barbican.
1: They did an amazing Basquiat exhibition a couple of years ago, which the thing with their exhibitions is that they're so comprehensive and so long that you really get a good understanding of... Um, either the artist that you're looking at, or the movement that you're reading about/slash looking at. Um, so yeah, I think the Barbican's amazing. Where have I not been in London? I'd have to get a list out of all the places <laughs> in London. I don't know. I
0: don't, I don't think we need to go that far. There are into lots, it, but them. like, is there somewhere that you've been wanting to go that you just haven't managed to yet?
1: I've, I'm, I'm having a blank. There's lots of small galleries, like small home. Mm. Galleries that I'd love to go to. Mm.
0: But I think all of the big ones. Have I been to all the big ones? Probably. National Portrait Gallery, British yeah. Museum. Well, what are your thoughts on, and this wasn't, I didn't tell you about this, but what are your thoughts on, so the National Gallery is a publicly funded gallery. It gets money from taxpayers to maintain itself and acquire paintings so that people can come and see them. Mm. And it's part of like the cultural experience of Britain. What's your thoughts on uh, an exhibition being put on with paintings that are already in the gallery store, already been acquired with taxpayer money, and yet you have to pay to go and see them.
1: What else is in the exhibition?
0: So, uh, for example, a few years ago there was a German Renaissance exhibition, Uh um, and curated by my academic supervisor. It was very, very exciting. But, um the National Gallery decided it would be a paid exhibition rather than a free exhibition, so despite the paintings that were in the exhibition already being from the National Gallery all art of stores. them.
1: All of them were from the National Gallery Art Stores. I think
0: there were a few that were brought in, but apart from that... I, I think s-
1: that's quite cheeky.
0: Yeah. I think that's really cheeky.
1: I mean, you know, nice that they would compile them all into one space to sort of tell the story of that time. Um, but also if they're already in the bloody gallery and people can go and see them for free, then
0: what the hell? I think what that's the heck? What, I don't think that's very nice at all. No. I mean, there's always there's always questions about, like, money within the cultural and heritage sector. Yeah,
1: so. surely what they needed to do was just empty out a room, put the paintings that they already had in the museum into that room. Mm. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I, Maybe I just, that's thought, more... I just thought it'd be interesting to ask you, someone who doesn't study art history or, like, is in the cultural sector... What your opinion of that would be
1: well right now I think it's quite cheeky but I'd have yeah. to I'd have to look a little bit more into it because maybe there's something more behind it
0: maybe maybe yeah just maybe. Anyway.
1: another interesting question about big institutions like the Tate for example is that a lot of their funding comes from questionable sources like oil oh not a fan of that but I think although I'm completely you know I'm very environmentally conscious. I really care about, um, like, not oil,
0: Ethic, ethical that sources, that ethical of, energy sources and of energy, renewable energy.
1: But I think that if the Tate is going to accept funds from, like, the oil industry and put on these shows for free for the public, I reckon take the money. Yeah, sure, sure. At the moment, like, that's my, that's my general feeling. I just reckon, you know, they're tr- it might not be a very good source but p- they're trying to with that money, they're providing so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, providing a free service that p- people can go to multiple times and yeah. see and they've got to, you know, fund that somehow. And I'm sure there's debates going on within the Tate, you know, saying yeah, maybe we like, shouldn't what be taking this money. Yeah, what are the yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, like, somebody the, I- the, ethic- the ethics behind funding coming from a certain source. Yeah.
1: Because I was like maybe this time last year I was in the office and someone was like I think I was saying that I was going to this exhibition and somebody in the office who doesn't work there anymore um, was like you know the Tate takes funding from so and so. Big oil. I was like (laughs) TBH. (laughs) TBQH? I reckon the Tate should take all the money they can get to be honest. If they're going to put on these nice shows for the taxpayer Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. anyway that's just my thoughts but might not be fully informed
0: yeah i mean because they are public institutions they have to publish their their financial comings and goings. yeah but you know there's still obviously some issues with the cultural sector that need to be uh you know rearranged that being said there's strikes going on at the moment uh for museum workers and stuff because they aren't getting paid enough
1: oh for god's sake
0: yeah i know crazy anyways great question thanks for the answer <laughs> well we're coming to an end so to finish do you have any exhibitions or uh shows be that in a gallery or in a theater that you want to see mm-hmm. um well i really
1: would like to go see that pre-raphaelite <laughs> exhibition <laughs> of course you would blah 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 pre-raphaelite <laughs> my. Right <laughs> right. Right. Um, I just really like them and the thing that's good about this one, it's called, I think it's called The Three Sisters. How about Susan? Um, either The Royal Academy or Tate Britain.
0: Oh, we didn't talk about The Royal Academy. I haven't been to The Royal Academy, Academy.
1: that's one that I am, I am meaning to go to.
0: Oh, okay. No. No, you went went. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I have, where did I go, I saw something with, um, I saw something with Andy, my boyfriend.
0: Um, but I can't remember what it was. It was, um, it was.
1: I nudity. Think. It was about nudity in sculpture. And nudity in... Th- oh,
0: yeah, because that's a really interesting fact. Like, um, uh, 95% of the figures in uh, museums are women, and yet less than 5% it of wasn't women painters. No, no, that's about the National Art Gallery. No. Uh, it was... No, National no, Portrait it wasn't Gallery. about it
1: wasn't about just general nudity. It was g- n- nudity in the Renaissance.
0: Oh, okay, that's it interesting. Was, um, yeah, no, it was really interesting. So I have been to the Royal Academy. But anyway... It's a really interesting one to go to because it is an academy. They do it is like a, a a place of study, so they try to diversify the range of the things that they put on there. Really good. Would recommend one hundred percent. Yeah, it, no, it was very good. But um,
1: yeah, I'd really like to go to this three the Rapha, Raphaelite sisters. I think it's called the Raphaelite sisters or mm-hmm. the well, three Raphaelite sisters. Um, As in
0: sisters who painted?
1: No, no. So they are or
0: people who were painted.
1: They are the people who were painted. Oh,
0: the the girls with the red hair?
1: The women, yes. yes, The women with the red... And they don't all have red hair. They're all these different women. But it's basically because usually when they're talking about that sort of movement, it's always... You're focusing on on these amazing painters Mm. who were all men um, rather than the women behind it. So, Mm. you know, all these women are amazing people. They're not just muses and models. They all have, you know important things about them in their own right. So You're telling
0: me that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm just excited to go see that. There's also... um There's also this... Oh, no. The elastic's coming out of my sock.
0: Um, there's also <laughs> this... Very important <laughs> to, the, to the question at hand.
1: Um Yeah, there's the car exhibition that I want to go to at the V&A. The reason why I want to go to that one is because I'm trying to get my boyfriend more into going to museums. Wherever we go, I always take him to museums and he doesn't mind it but i want (laughs) it is a bit of a drag along i want him to love it and so when i found out about this car exhibition and he just loves cars so i'm going to take him to that i think um and then not really an exhibition but um the tate does these free tours on saturdays and sundays Mm. um and i think i just need to take more advantage of those so i'm going to try and go to a few few of those,
0: I reckon. Nice. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds really diverse, but very London-centric. I mean, that's the thing. I do live in London. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you just had, like, the free time and free money to oh. go anywhere, is there anywhere, like, in the north? For example, I live in York. Is there any places, you know, up to York and beyond that you would probably want to go well, to? Well, maybe if, if we heard... turn
1: the compass downwards. Well, when I was in Paris last weekend, I meant to go to the toulouse lautrec Exhibition at oh, the Yeah. And so I walked all the way there from the 12th. So that was about an hour's walk <laughs> in the beautiful sunshine. And then I got there and I realized that the queue was 45 minutes long. And I didn't have enough time for that. So I had to turn around and go back. But um, I would have loved to have gone to that. So two hours of walking and no to lose. No, but it was a lovely day. And I wow. had a delicious, delicious cinnamon bun. Oh, well, that makes up for everything. Um, it was probably the best, most expensive cinnamon bun I've ever eaten. Well... Um, but yeah no no to lose which was a shame yeah um and then I can't really think of I can't really think of any other exhibitions they're on you should have given me more notice <laughs> so
0: Then this is something I mean, that I could have thought about uh, I think my recommendations for the north and beyond would be for sure the Yorkshire sculpture park it's just south of Leeds it is it, It's the gardens of Breton Hall, which is an old sort of seventeen uh, hundreds family house, and it's got acres and acres and acres of uh, sculptures from uh, Henry Moore, Barbara Hepworth, um, you know, all different kinds of uh, wonderful sculptors, um, and uh, who's that guy? Uh, um, uh, Quinn. Hmm? Quinn. When who? I can't remember his name exactly, but he did the blood head and he has the, the sculpture of the woman with the small leg and she's pregnant. The small leg? No, but she's like she's a thalidomide kid. Oh, I saw a thalidomide
1: victim in Paris the other day, oh. enjoying a delicious meal.
0: Art in art real life. They imitated <laughs> Chola. <each other. laughs> anyway. anyway, top recommendation for the North is the Yorkshire Sculpture Park, and your top recommendation for present time in London is probably Royal Academy. Uh, no. Well, I'd upcoming s- recommendations. Upcoming recommendations. Re- 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 it's re-
1: either at the Tate Britain or at the Royal Academy. I would need to double check. But again. In notice, any case. I need notice. Yeah. Uh.
0: <laughs> my bad. Okay. okay. I think we're going to wrap up. Do you have anything, any final thoughts?
1: Um, I think that
0: my final thoughts
1: are that people should get off their bottoms and go and look at some
0: more art. Get cultured, yo! It's just not, I mean, I don't mean it in, like, a
1: pretentious way. I just think it's a really nice thing to do on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, in general it's free. It's pretty easy. Um, and if you are disabled or hard of hearing, they generally have really good accessibility. Um, so they have lifts, uh, they have T-loops, they have all those kinds of things. And they have audio guides for people who don't, maybe don't speak the language. You know? Also, also, anytime that I've ever been to an exhibition or
1: you know read a book or an article i always find that within the next 24 hours i have a conversation where that exhibition or something that i learned in the exhibition or that podcast or that article i read comes up and i'm like wow i feel like just from doing that one thing i'm so much
0: cleverer and my conversation is so much better yeah there's no reason not to go if it's free and if it's easy Get yourself there.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be like, I've been watching The Crown and the Queen is having a bit of a crisis because she's upset about how badly she was educated. Not badly, but she was educated in this way that means she can't have proper conversations about lots of interesting things. And you don't want to be ending up like Queenie, not having any conversation.
0: Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for coming on at such short notice. (laughs) That was really great. It
1: was great to hear about all your favourite things. Well, good. It wasn't very um, structured.
0: No, it was not, but that's fine. That's not really my style. Um, do, do you have? Do you want to shout yourself out on Instagram or something?
1: Um, my Instagram is Annabelle Vickers, same as my name. A-double-N-A-B-E-L-V-I-C-K-E-R-S. If you want to see lots of nice photos of vegetables.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for being here, and hopefully we'll be back with another episode like this with just some fancy unassuming people in my life um yeah bye 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 as always thank you for listening guys everything uh we've mentioned in this episode will be linked on my instagram page and my twitter at the art roundup and i hope to see you guys next week Bye bye